What up with that? What up with that? Ooh, we. I said, what up with that? What up with that? What's up? I said, what's up with that? <laughs> wow. Well, we're just diving right into it. Great. Welcome back to Unwatchable, you guys. I am your host, Chloe Rodriguez. I am so pumped for today's episode. I don't think I've been more excited for an episode. This is going to be so awesome. We are doing a Saturday Night Live episode, and I have an amazing guest with me today. This is my like lifelong friend, oh, yeah. Zach Hillman. <laughs> Say hi to everyone, Zach. Hello, everyone. So this is going to be really interesting because you are, I think, maybe my first guest. And I'm going to laugh if I've said this to someone else and you're not the first <laughs> it's guest. It's like everyone. I, <laughs> I think you're my first guest who I've had on that's not involved in the film and television world in some capacity. Right. You and I... While we didn't meet in theater, you and I mainly know each other through theater. Yeah. Um, Zach and I met each other in the third grade. Yeah, long, long ago. Mm -hmm. And then we continued on to do theater. Started in like fifth grade and then moved all the way through high school. Yeah. Went to an Academy of the Arts together Hello. and everything. Way to name drop, Academy of the Arts. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> we have been in so How many... How many shows do you think we've done together? Either just acting or through tech or... Well, we've done like at least two a year for like eight years. So yeah. like 16, 15, 16 shows at we least. We did a lot. I don't know if the listeners know that I was heavily involved in theater when I was younger. Oh, yes. A thespian for I, sure. I was in the thespian. <laughs> I was president of our thespian troupe. You're the president? I was, wasn't I? I think you were. I'm pretty sure I was the You're president. Somewhere on the cabinet. Like, Madam you, President. Yeah, <laughs> Madam President. I definitely was because I made people call me Madam President. <laughs> you would. That's so you. So the reason that I chose Zach to be the guest on today's episode is because in high school, we talked about Saturday Night Live all the time. Like, we were constantly talking about, like, we would come to school on Monday and be like, oh did my God, did you see, did you see John Goodman hosting this week? <laughs> did you see yeah. Justin Bieber musical guest? Like, okay. we were always talking about what was happening. And I have been wanting to do a Saturday Night Live episode, and I could not think of anyone better. Oh, I'm to glad to be here. Yeah, we were, I mean, when we were in high school, that was like the good era of like Fred Armisen and Bill Hader oh, and yeah. all of those good people. So, yeah, we had a lot to go through. Okay. We, I, I'm looking at the list of notes that I have, and basically what we wanted to do today was just talk about Saturday Night Live, talk about who our personal favorite cast members are, um, our favorite sketches, um, maybe not break down the analysis too hardcore, because at some point I would love to sit down with some of my sketch comedy friends and really dissect the writing of the sketches. Um, but for today's episode, we're just mostly going to be talking about what we personally enjoy yeah. <laughs> and just shooting the shit. We have our wine. Yes. Yay, cheers. Yes. Cheers. And um, this is going to be really fun. Mm -hmm. So I would like to talk about the fact that 
I'm sure there's going to be a bias in our <laughs> list. Yeah. I think everyone who is a religious fan of Saturday Night Live has a bias for the era that they grew up in. Right, I'm sure. And as you said before, we really grew up in like the Kristen Wiig, Fred Armisen, Jason Sudeikis, yeah. Will Forte era. One of the like renaissance eras of SNL, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of our choices are going to skew that way. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but why don't we take a look? Let's start with some hosts because... Mm-hmm. I think the hosts are what we have to talk about the least, and sure. then we'll move on to the big guns. So get it on out of there. Um, so I compiled a list of who I believe are the strongest Saturday Night Live hosts and why. Uh-huh. Um, about how many people would you say you have on your list? I um, only had one that like really stood out to ooh, me. Ooh, okay. Give, it, me, give me your one. Well, it's Justin Timberlake. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. I have him on my list, too. Right. Well, because he's really memorable. I mean... He, I don't know how many times he's hosted it now, but he's hosted it like oh. more than three, I think. Oh yeah, he's one of the like big guns. I should look that up. Cause every time he's on, they have that recurring sketch that they always do with him. The uh, like bring it on down to Liquorville thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I just looked it up. He's hosted five times. Five times. Bring okay. it on down to Omnivale. Yeah. That's the one that I remember. <laughs> it's one of my favorite. He just did it, well, recently enough that A.D. Bryant was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, where it was like the gift wrapping thing. Oh, but yeah. That cracks me up every time. I think the mark of a good host is somebody who seems like they could have been a cast member on the show. Yeah. Like someone who is so game and like so down for anything. Like you can just tell that they love the spirit of the show. Yeah. And I think those are the hosts that really like stand out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like in his case in particular, he seems like he just fits in with everyone there. Yeah. You know, like there are some hosts that they have on where it's like, you can tell they're hosting them, they're a guest, and yeah. they're all nice to them, and it's a formality. And they like, sometimes they have to like try to find a way to fit them into stuff, you mm-hmm. know? But with Justin Timberlake, it's like, he's just in there and he's with them. Yeah. Which is funny because I don't think he would be someone that you would get. Like, when I look you at know. this list, he's kind of the wild card. Yeah, sure. Because he, I mean, I think mostly because he is, like, from music. He's a little bit younger than most of the other people I have on this list. He seems like he would maybe be, like, too cool for it. Yeah, because, like, his his start out was in, like, what? What was, was he one of the, like, what's that Disney thing? Oh, oh, the. the... Like Christina Aguilera and all of them were on. I know what you're talking, the Mouseketeers? Yeah, he was one of those, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Like he started out that, and then he did boy bands, and he was like a pretty boy for a really long time, and then, but then he does it, and he just digs right yeah. in. There's this one sketch that Justin Timberlake was in that I think is very obscure, but I, I can't find it online anymore, but I must have watched this sketch at least five or six times. Mm-hmm. It was him and Lady Gaga, and they did this show where like, it was called like "What's My Name" or something. Uh, oh, and, yeah, <laughs> yes. And they brought in different people, and the whole joke was that Lady Gaga knew every single person, no matter how obscure, and Justin Timberlake knew nobody. Yeah, I found one of those the other day in in all the research that uh-huh. I was doing for SNL. That which is a really funny sketch. I remember that one in particular because, <laughs> like, apparently that's a thing with her. She knows like every little person on her <laughs> tour and everyone. Yeah, but they bring in like. The doorman and... Oh, yeah. I, I loved it when Fred Armisen came and he's like, 
you don't know me. I went to one of your monster shows and I, <laughs> I snuck in through the back. And she's like, Alphonse! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's Another good really one. good one that he did was with... Um, Fallon, the Barry Gibb talk show. Oh, yeah. Kills me. I'm the Barry Gibb talk show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when you have recurring sketches for a host, like, that's when you know they that they made it. it. <laughs> They're a good one. <laughs> um, someone who I have on my list, um, who unfortunately I think might be the only female that I have on my host list, but it's a very small list, mm-hmm. is uh, Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she was really good. She is great. And I don't think they've had her on that many times. But I feel like every time she's on, like I said before, I think when it seems like that person could be a cast member is when it goes really well. And I feel like when she's there, it's not a like, oh, Melissa McCarthy is doing this sketch with the cast of SNL. Yeah. It just seems like one fluid sketch show that she happens to be a part of. Right. And I think part of that is because she came from the Groundlings. Um, so she has a lot of training in sketch and improv, which is where a lot of SNL cast members come from. Sure. Um, I can't think... I do remember the one where she was like obsessed with ranch dressing. Oh, yeah. She's in like a... Uh, she's in like a subject testing group and she was there for the money and they were like looking for catchphrases. And she's like, hidden ranch valley party in my mouth. Dumps it all over her and stuff. Yeah, she's really good at that. Have you seen the one where she's at a, a vision board party? No. Oh my god. Okay, I think you in particular would love this sketch. She's at this like group, like this gathering of women. I think her character's name is PJ in mm-hmm. the sketch, and all of them are like, "This year on my vision board, I'm putting in my dream kitchen because like I really want to redecorate my house." And then someone else would be like, "Well, I'm all about getting fit, so on my vision board, I put like yogurt." And like the food pyramid, uh-huh. and then she's like, "My my vision this year is to avenge my father's death." <laughs> and she makes like a vision board of her like infiltrating oh a mob, and like she brings like a bloody box. So she's like, I, "She's like I've been killing off mob members one by one." <laughs> and like the contents of these of this box cannot be unseen. Oh my god! And, like, and she's so good in it. I think you in particular would love that. Yeah, I definitely would not see that one. <laughs> Lord, another one that she was on. Well. Like a recurring sketch that made my list of like favorite sketches is the Maharel sisters, the uh, the Lawrence Welk show one. Oh, okay, yeah. She did one where she was one of the sisters and uh-huh. she was like with Kristen Wig mm-hmm. and she had these like buff arms on and buck teeth and stuff. <laughs> she like sawed down a tree and all kind of stuff. That was really funny, but she like fits right in, like you said, she like seamlessly blends in and becomes one of the cast members rather than being just like a guest so on my list i think i have like the obvious choices so i'm just gonna like go through a few of them and not talk about them too much sure Uh, i have alec baldwin right because he's like a staple host essentially he's basically a cast member this year like the past few years oh with all the donald trump stuff yeah Yeah, he's essentially become a cast member which isn't personally my favorite thing um but, I mean, I think he does it well and he's committed. I think he could have reasonably been a cast member if he wasn't, like, a movie star yeah. when he was starting out. He had other pressing matters. Yeah. To to. yeah. <laughs> like being handsome or whatever. <laughs> um, he's very good. Uh, Tom Hanks is always a great host. Yeah. Tom, okay. There's one sketch that I kept trying to find. I couldn't find it. The one is John Mulaney. Uh-huh. And Kenan Thompson is the singing lobster 
in Sing Slay oh, Miss. Oh, the Lobster Diner? Yeah. He, Alec Baldwin was in that one, wasn't he? I don't think so. That was when John Mulaney hosted. Oh, he was the host. Yeah. So when I think of Tom Hanks, I think of the David S. Pumpkins sketch. I don't re- I don't think I've seen you that one. haven't seen David Pumpkins? No. Zach. I'm tempted to like. I'm tempted to pause this podcast for right now to show you David oh, Pumpkins. Lord. You would fucking love it. Yeah, it's amazing. David Pumpkins is the most like nonsensical se- like sketch I've ever seen. It makes absolutely no sense. It shouldn't be funny, and yet it's hilarious. And I think you would die. Well, we'll have to look saw. for it then. Okay, I'm gonna pause right now. Okay. I'm recording again. So, okay, maybe I haven't... That was my first time seeing it. <laughs> but that has definitely permeated society for sure. Because <laughs> one of my students for Halloween had that, like, exact suit on. And now that I'm remembering, they definitely <laughs> said they were David S. Pumpkins. And I had no clue what that Any was. Any questions? Any questions? Oh, my God. I That <laughs> is a sketch that I should hate. Because it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. And it's all about just the dancing and how ridiculous it is. There's no intellect behind it. No. But it's so funny for no reason. Yeah. Well, it's got like three of the like <laughs> staple things, right? It's like Kenan Thompson being the straight man, which to me is funny for some I reason. I love Kenan Thompson. Bobby Moynihan dancing, which is always <laughs> great. Honestly, Bobby Moynihan is such an underrated cast member. He was so good. Yes, absolutely. And a tap dancer, too. Really? He's tapped in, like, several of the oh episodes. It's, like, always in the background. That was one of the ones when they would do What's Up With That, mm-hmm. and they would, like, bring... Uh, Oh, Will Forte would always be the, like, running... Oh, Jason Sudeikis, yeah. Oh, Jason Sudeikis, yeah. He would always do the, like, running man thing. And then one time they had Bobby Moynihan come in as, like, a luchador with a snake around his neck and he would tap dance. (laughs) Ridiculous. But yes, David S. Pumpkins, that's ridiculous. Oh, my God. And I feel like... I feel like Tom Hanks just sells it, man. He's so fucking good. Like, I I mean, I love him in general, but... He's one of those, like, he is like an A-list celebrity. He oh, because like, he goes for it. Yeah. Absolutely. He, he is, like, top of the pack. And to have him, like, that committed to, like, a sketch show. Yeah. I'm like, fucking rule, man. And to just do ridiculous stuff oh, like yeah. that. That's funny. Yes. Um, <laughs> someone who I think is, like, a really underrated host. I think he's only hosted maybe two times. Mm-hmm. Maybe three. But I think only two. Is Steve Carell. Yeah. Have you seen any of his uh, stuff when he's hosted? Not any stuff that I remember. It's not recent. I don't think he has hosted the show in like a decade. Uh-huh. I really think that they should like bring him back because he started in sketch. He started at the Second City, and I find that I get like a lot of his sketches stuck in my head that he just happens to be a part of. There was one where he was like a he's like a motivational uh like a fitness coach mm-hmm. and he's like super skinny and he has like a show where he tells people how to lose weight but the gag is that like he has these like life-size posters of him before he lost the weight and he always bursts through them <laughs> like when you're at a football game and like yeah, the yeah. football players burst through the like the paper <laughs> and so like the whole sketch is just him coming in through like three or four <laughs> different doors that are just oh, Lord. papers of him but um, you you brought you brought up uh, John Mulaney yeah. earlier, and uh, I think he's becoming like 
one of the best hosts. Oh yeah. Well, he's first off, he's like taking the world by storm right now, and oh, has yeah. been for the last like six years. Mm-hmm. We used to be a writer for the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. He. <laughs> His was very funny. Absolutely. And Lobster Diner, for some reason, is one of the stupidest things I've seen. It's amazing. I mean, you and I, like, loving musical theater, I think, really plays into the fact that we would love that that sketch so much. Yeah, I just remember when they wheel Keenan Thompson out at the (laughs) the giant lobster tank at the end. I lost my crap. Just that first, who am I? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my god. The the interesting thing about John Mulaney is he's a great host and it doesn't really have to do with his acting chops. Yeah. Because like if he if it was just him, like he's not very versatile when it comes mm-hmm. to sketch comedy. Like right. there's certain faces where like you could put them in a wig like Anna Gasteyer. Right. You put her in a wig, she can look like twenty different people, right? Right. And then there are some people who like they like put them in a wig and they just look like them in a wig. And right. that's kind of John Mulaney. But I think the interesting about him is that it's not the fact that he is such a great sketch comedy actor. It's the fact that the writing yes. gets so good when he comes back to host. Yeah, he's very clever. He's very witty. Yeah. I wish the guy would write a musical. Um, <sighs> Honestly. Because uh, it's not SNL, but some of the other work that he does, like mm-hmm. his documentary now thing where he did like the... Uh, was like a shot-for-shot remake of the company Uh um, documentary that they made. Was spot on. (laughs) Like, he wrote full songs and, like, made new lyrics for Uh it and all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, it... And he wrote the Stefan character, didn't he? Yeah, with with Bill Hader, both of them. He did, um... This is not SNL, but did you see John Mulaney in the sack lunch bun? I did, and I lost my shit over it. It was so good. Yeah, he, like... I love that he's getting really big. I think he's one of those comedians who, like, deserves to get as much praise as he's getting. Absolutely. And um, I think he might write a musical. I think, like, I think eventually he might lead there. Because we've seen from, like, oh, like, they did, obviously, The Lobster Diner. They did the musical Bodega one. Yeah. um, And just, like, the Sack Lunch Bunch. Like, a lot of his stuff, I feel like he really has a lot of musical theater sensibilities. Oh, yeah. I think he'll want to. I think he might. I hope so. I, I hope so I hope someday. So. Um, and then finally, the, my last thing about hosts, and then we'll move on. My number one host of all time has to be Steve Martin. Yes. Yeah. He was not ever a cast member. No. He was only host. Okay. Well, there you go, right? Yeah. I thought he was a cast member at some point. The one that I always remember is two wild and crazy guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Their names, they were like the... The Frankmeister brothers? Something like, like that. that but no yeah. one remembers that. They only remember them as the wild and crazy With guys. With those ridiculous hats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's quite good on there. I mean, I know there's a lot of great hosts that I'm forgetting. I feel like the reason I had to give him my number one spot is just like, as you said, like, it's hard to remember that he wasn't in the actual cast. Yeah. He's such a perfect sensibility to host that show. He's so goofy. He's so funny. He was like seemingly great friends with like so many people who are on it right um i don't know it's just he's got to take my number one spot yeah so. well that makes sense he's a he's a wonderful one him and like like he and alec baldwin is just like yeah they're fixtures of the show just like anyone else i think oh yeah yeah nice. so let's move on to talking about so we'll talk about some sketches um 
and the cast because I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be hard to separate it. I think we should try to talk about uh, individual sketches that we really like and then if that parlays into us talking about certain cast members, right. then we'll talk about them and then anyone we're leaving out we can always mention. Sure. Um, so you have a, do you have a list of sketches that you I do. wanted to talk about? I have a few. Um, <laughs> I, there was one that I was watching the other day and it was a list of, um, it's the Kissing Family. The vocal oh, checks, yes. the right? Vocal check. The vocal check. <laughs> I don't know. A vocal <laughs> check. But I so I was like, well, I got to talk about that. So I was like watching them and someone made like a compilation of all of them. Uh-huh. And I could only get through like three or four because <laughs> after that I was like, I don't know how much of this I can see. <laughs> but that one I love when mm-hmm. they bring that back because it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. I think in that era, which is kind of the era that we grew up on, which yeah. is... Uh, probably, I'll just say, like, the 2009 to, like, 2013 era. Yeah. Which is one of my personal favorites. They do a lot of reoccurring sketches. Yes. In that time. Like, they just kind of pick one that they love, and then they fucking just roll with it. Yeah. Forever. Because well, if it works, <laughs> why, you know, why stop Yeah, it? exactly. Vocal Checks is a good one. Vocal Checks is really good because, I think, um... They push each other. Like, like every time they would bring it back, they would, like, see how much more ridiculous they could mm-hmm. go with it. And the one that I had to stop after was, it was the funeral. Because Fred Arvison plays the dad of the family, right? Yeah. And it was the funeral of his, his great-grandfather or something like that. And one of the cast members comes in and she's playing, like, a character who... Um, she walks into the wrong room of the funeral home, but she has a dog. Mm-hmm. And Bill Hader, like, makes out with the dog mm-hmm. on camera no! for a good 10 seconds. And I was like, no, I gotta be done there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I think of the vocal checks, for some reason, I also think of the Californians. Because yes. it's, like, basically the same people. Yes. We would quote that all the time I know. in high school. What are you doing here? What are you? I think um I think the thing is when you have a recurring sketch, you have to always kind of top yourself either with the either with the guests that you have in it, right. or you just have to make it more and more like increasingly over the top. And I think they added more characters throughout every reoccurring uh time they brought that sketch on. Oh yeah. Well I think like like you bring up a good point. Like with with uh vocal checks it's like they would do it with whoever the guest was, right? And that mm-hmm. would be the son, and they would try to, like, freak that person out or yeah. see who they could get them to kiss or whatever. <laughs> but with Californians, I feel like that's one of the sketches they would do to try to make each other break. Yeah. <laughs> Which killed me with just, like, how ridiculous the accent got yeah. every time. <laughs> But that whole running gag where they're like, yeah, I took the 405 to Fremont and then I got off and took a, a left onto Kowanga, yes. re-entered the five, looped around, and they're like, in rush hour? Yeah, yeah. I would wish that on anyone. Yeah. That, which, when I was in high school and didn't drive yet, I was like, I don't know that I know all these places. But now that I'm older and I go back and rewatch them, I'm like, oh, God. But, like, that's part of it, too, is that, like, people who know it would be like, oh, God, why would anyone do that? (laughs) Yeah, Californians was great. 
this isn't a uh, this isn't a recurring sketch I'm going to talk about. There was a recent episode. I don't know how recent it was. Actually, it was maybe 2016. That's still recent in yeah, the world of SNL enough, right? because it's like 45 year old show. Right. <laughs> Margot Robbie hosted, and there was this one sketch that they did called The Librarian. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever. I had not seen this sketch until yesterday. No, I don't it think so. It was so good, and it's basically like it's almost like the opening to a porn, where like it's like <laughs> it's um Bobby Moynihan, Mikey Day, Kyle Mooney, and uh, Alex. Shoot, what is his name? Like Moffat? Mm-hmm. I think that's his name. I think so. Um, and they're all like watching Margot Robbie, who's playing like a librarian, and they're talking about how hot she is. And then they're like, yo, we think you're hot. And she starts doing this like slow-mo strip. Do you know do you know the song from Ferris Bueller that's like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day bow bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> she she starts like slow-mo stripping to that and it's like really hot. And then all of a sudden she like all of her hair starts falling out. What? And she like takes out her like her dentures and her teeth are all like <laughs> oh gnarled. God. And then this guy like this like white trash dude with like a snake around his neck and like a tank top comes out and it's like this amazing escalation. Oh she lifts up her shirt and she has uh, one tattoo of Haley Joel Osment <laughs> and then another tattoo of present day Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> and it was, oh, it's, like, it's like a two and a half minute long sketch. And it was so amazing. <laughs> There's something that I really look for in sketch comedy and it's the concept of escalation yeah yeah. I, like nothing kills me more than when a sketch has like escalation done well yeah and so just that build up in like <laughs> those like two and a half minutes of her just like progressively becoming like a demonic like demon uh-huh. was just like amazing to me um that's a great sketch they also had a really good sketch that's become a recurring sketch um it's a mikey day character but it originated on this Margot Robbie episode where it's like uh, Mikey Day will play this character named Matt Shat. <laughs> what? And, he, and he's like this really like dumpy looking guy with like glasses and like a middle part uh-huh. and like terrible, terrible fashion. But then his wife is like really, really hot. Oh, Lord. And then the whole, oh, yeah. the whole sketch is just them trying to figure out like... How he got to the Yes, theory. I've seen that. I think I saw it when, uh, like, J-Lo yes, was his wife. They, they yes, they just did one with J-Lo. That's a great example of escalation, because it's such a stupid concept, but the fact that, like, it's just getting worse and worse, and everyone's getting more drawn into it. Yes. They had a one that was like that. Um, when you were talking about the Margot Robbie one, it made me think of Kristen Wiig mm-hmm. used to do that one where she was like, she was like a sexy bombshell. Yes. And she would show up to whatever with whoever her date was. And she would just do things like really sexily. And then like halfway through the sketch, she would just start doing disgusting <laughs> things. And then all the guys were like, uh, I remember that. That was not hot. <laughs> I remember that because there was one that um, Andy Samberg was in. And for some reason, he kept going, me too as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes that one. <laughs> and, I, and I always think of that. I say well. that. I'll say, uh, yeah. like, me, me too, too as, as well. well. I don't yeah. know why that got to me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. From the Tina Fey era, mm-hmm. the Debbie Downer sketches. Debbie Downer 
kills me. <laughs> oh my god. And how much they would all break yes. over that one. The one the one that kills me to see is the Disney World one yes. where Lindsay Lohan's the guest. Oh my god, and they lose their minds. <laughs> there was one in the episode that Steve Carell hosted where he was uh he was like negative Ned or something, and uh-huh. he was on a date with Debbie Downer. Oh lord. Debbie Downer is an amazing recurring sketch character. I loved Rachel Dratch. I do too. She was she's on my list of like good Some cast members. She's oh, yeah. awesome. Um there was also a recurring uh sketch that they used to do during that era. And it was Seth Myers and Amy Poehler, uh the couple that should be divorced. And it was <laughs> the needlers, the couple that should be divorced. Because there was a theme song for every sketch back right, in that time. Right. And it was it would just be them just like at a double date with someone and making it like so awkward how much they fought. Oh that, lord. Those always killed me. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about some specific cast members, uh, and then we'll, we'll talk some more about other sketches. Sure. But, uh, why don't you throw one of yours out there? I think my, my well, two all-time favorites, but the one, Fred Armisen. <gasps> he's really good. <laughs> it's just one of my favorites because he's so ridiculous, and mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't care playing a man, playing a woman. Sometimes he was even funnier when he would play a woman. <laughs> but wasn't there that sketch that he would do where he would show up as someone's, like, new girlfriend and had that like bowl cut <laughs> hair with those like horn rim glasses <laughs> and was like art house yes yeah and was just like ridiculous mm-hmm. and he would always do it with um jason well jason sudeikis was the one that he usually did it with mm-hmm. and he would like touch her yeah, he'd, like, or something put his, like <laughs> fingers in his mouth and stuff <laughs> and then fred would just be like oh i just make the ridiculous noises and throw <laughs> his body all over the place yeah, Fred Armisen. Well, that was during our time when yes. we were like in high school and like watching oh, the yeah. prime time. Well, let's talk about that era for a second because we have so much to say about it. Right. And I do want to touch on some other eras right. after this, but I think we should just get it all out yeah, there. Get it out in the open. It. We really want to talk about this. <laughs> I know that when I was going back and looking through the eras of SNL, mm-hmm. I don't think that this one is necessarily the best era. Yeah. However,. The casting is so good. Yeah. I think it wasn't necessarily the sketches. Right. So I can't say that, like, sketch-wise it's the best era. But cast-wise, there were so many amazing people. Yeah. Um. So you just touched on Fred Armisen. And I'm just going to put this out there. The person who I think is literally, like, top five out of the entire, like, 45 years that this show has been on. One of the all-time best cast members. Pretty sure he's on your list is Bill Hader. Yes, absolutely. I cannot, like... And the thing about Bill Hader is I love that he's so open about the fact that he was so just, like, anxious and, like, didn't feel like he belonged for so long of his tenure there and how, like, he hated doing the live show. Like, he's had so much success (laughs) in scripted television now and every time people bring it up, he's like, yeah, I... I hated it. Like, I was so scared the whole time. Well, one of the most, one of the, well, again, a recurring sketch. One of the best ones that I think he did was on Weekend Update, Stefan, right? It's like one of the most memorable characters of SNL. And I didn't know until recently that they would, like, change stuff on the cue cards. And the stuff that he read, he would do, like... 
was his first time reading it yeah. as they were recording. And John like... Mulaney uh, wrote this with him, and he John Mulaney would take the cue cards in between the dress rehearsal and the live show, and he would change random jokes, and that's why Bill Hader would break so much. Yeah, because Bill Hader didn't break like that badly. No, usually right. it was just with Stefan. Right. That he would constantly break. Ridiculous. I they have a whole compilation online of like all of the uh, Stefan right episodes, and I watched all of it. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> me two too. Two hours of Stefan. Yeah, absolutely. And it didn't get old for me. And some of those I don't think you could get away with now. Like all <laughs> of like the human fire hydrant, <laughs> human bath mats, they and used, all of that. So they would make fun of midgets all the time. And he's come back since. Have they changed it to the, to little people since he's come back, or does he still say midget? I think he still says midget. I think they addressed <laughs> it once, and they were like, "Oh, sorry, little people." But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cracked me up every time. And we'll we'll talk about um, weekend update in a moment. But I think the thing that really elevates Stefan is having Seth Meyers yes. do it with him. Oh like, yeah. As his buddy, when you watch the compilation, the way that they develop the relationship yeah. between him and Seth Meyers adds like a whole other level oh, to that character um, in a way that they can't really do with any other Weekend Update host. Right. I have to call attention to Herb Welch. <laughs> Herb Welch! Yes! Herb Field Welch. reporter Herb Welch. Okay, I think this is like, I think he gets like all the recognition for Stefan. I love Stefan, but I love Herb Welsh even more. Yeah. He is my favorite Bill Hader character. Yeah. If you guys don't know who Herb Welsh is, Herb Welsh is this old, like, the whole concept is that Bill Hader plays this, like, really old, like, decrepit, like, news reporter mm-hmm. who's been at the news station since, like, the early 60s. Yeah. And he's, like, he's like he won't retire. And he goes to these places, and he just hits people with a mic. <laughs> He'll be like, okay, so uh, what ha- what caused the fire? Boom. And he, like, <laughs> he just hits them in the face with it, which is so juvenile. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. And then he, like, every time they're like, Herb, Herb, get back to the store. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. I served in Nam while you were in diapers. And it, like, he's Take very directions from a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, they always cut away and then cut back and he's died. Yeah, he's <laughs> pretended to be dead. Oh. And then he comes and attacks the camera. Um, it's so it's the same every time and I never get sick of it. I love right. it so much. Yeah. <laughs> or the one where, where uh, Kristen Wiig is playing some like uh, landlord superintendent thing and she... <laughs> She looks really butch. She's got like a short haircut and stuff. And, and he's calling her sir. And she's like, I'm a woman. And he's like, well, hold on, let me see. And he starts smacking her boobs with the microphone. Ridiculous. Well, let's talk about Kristen Wiig. Because I feel like she was often paired with Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. And I think, um, I think at the time, she was like, she was like the guy. Like, she was oh, the yes. person. She was used all the time oh yeah she was it was the Kristen wig show sometimes oh yes <laughs> uh i'm not a fan of the target lady you're not i don't like the target no. lady i know i know I, you like her they overplayed it well they really overplayed it towards the end yeah my favorite target lady 
what was the first one I saw and was actually the first episode of SNL that I ever saw oh, was yeah. when Timberlake was hosting. It was the same episode that they did the single ladies like were the dancers. Oh, thing. I love that one. So they did a they did a target lady and he was in it as Peg with the like neck brace. Yeah. That that target lady. Best one <laughs> of all time. <laughs> she used to also do this character. I think her name was like Penelope. And she was just very nervous, and she would stroke her hair. Yes. She would, like, one-up everybody. She's, like, better than you. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like that one either. Yeah. You, I feel like a lot of people our age did, though. Like, a lot of people yeah. did like that character. There was also the one where, like, she couldn't... The lady who, like, couldn't keep a secret. And they'd be oh, like... Oh, yeah. I actually, I actually do kind of like that one. She sticks her hands in the cheese ball and <laughs> falls oh, down the chimney. Oh, my God. Oh. I got a tap for him. Twins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this would, like run through the, the wall. wall. Yeah. <laughs> that one was one that I did like. One actually. of my favorites. Well, okay, she's my. I think she has to be one of my other all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Her and Fred Armisen. <laughs> and they did this one together. They used to do on a weekend update. <gasps> Garth and Cat. Yes! I love so much. And I remember I used to watch that. I used to watch SNL like when it was prime time right? yeah. with my dad and he always hated that sketch <gasps> I love and I that. live for it every time I just died because I think you think about like what they're doing yeah you know because Fred usually would take the lead and he would just like make yeah. crap up and she had to just like follow mm-hmm. him whatever he said if you guys if you guys don't know who Garth and Kat are I highly recommend you look them up but they were a recurring character between Kristen Wiig and Fred Armisen and they would come on, and the whole concept was that they were musicians. Right. They were singers, and they would come in, and they'd have very festive vests because it was always for, like, a holiday. Right. So they'd come on, and he'd be like, oh, I see you've written some, like, Valentine's Day music. And then the two of them would sing about five seconds of, like, <laughs> yeah. of like an actual song that they had rehearsed, and then the music would just cut. And it would dissolve into them just improvising yeah. the rest with hand motions, right. like yes. full choreography, the rest of the song. And and it was improvised. So you could tell like Fred would just, yeah, like you were saying, Fred would take the lead. Kristen would follow. I always got a kick out of it. I thought it was great. And I love that they were actually improvising. Yeah. Uh, I did write down Garth and Kat. I had that down. She would laugh every time too because it was just ridiculous. <laughs> A, a cast member who I have on my list who's from that era, who I consider to be one of the best of all time, and he's still on, is Keenan Thompson. Oh, yeah. He's been there, I think, at this point, like, longer than anyone else has, I right? Think so. I think he's been there for, like, 16 years yeah. or something insane. Right. He's, like, a fixture on that show. Honestly, though, like, I can't imagine him not being, being on, on there. Well, and we also grew up with him because, like, he was a 90s like Nickelodeon star too, yeah. you know. He had Keenan and Kel. Yeah. Which we knew him on and then he transferred over to that and then I remember when I started watching SNL, he was on already, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so. Like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, right? And it's twenty twenty now. So yeah. it's been like thirteen years. It made sense for him to go from that yeah. to that. It's he's Which good is at interesting because usually like the people that they bring on are like generally people who don't except for like a few eras of the show uh they generally bring on people that like haven't been seen before or they're like smaller comedians 
So I think it's very interesting that he had like a whole sketch comedy career before even doing SNL. This dude has just done sketch comedy his whole life. I know, right? He must like not even worry about it. Like he must <laughs> just like, like I got it. Yeah, he's just like yeah, whatever. All right, I gotta memorize this sketch in the next five minutes before we go live. Yeah. All right, tell me when you got a challenge for me, right. buddy. Like, well, I always felt like he's got a lot of like the bit stuff. He's always like a supporting person in a yeah. sketch. But then some of the stuff that he led, well, like, what's up with that? It was just killer every time, I you know? I love that one. What's up with that? Really? He doesn't have, like, a huge recurring character out no. of all of those years. No, and they don't do that one anymore. Because that was back when they had Bill Hader and they could have him do Lindsay Buckingham <laughs> yeah. at the end, who they would never get to. <laughs> it's very interesting that, like, out of... Like, I, he's such a staple on that show, and yet he doesn't have... He doesn't have a particular character, aside from maybe that, that you can pick out and be like, oh, you know Kenan Thompson. He does this character. He does this character. Right. But yet he's so essential. He's very good at reactions and playing the straight man. And in in improv, we talk a lot about, like, when you're constructing a scene, it's great to have one weirdo, and then you have to have a straight man. Yeah. And the straight man can be just as funny as the weirdo as long as they're being honest and pointing out what the weirdo is doing. Right. And Keenan is maybe the best I've ever seen at doing that. He's killer. Where no matter what, even if he's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. It, it's the biggest laugh in the whole sketch. Right. Because he's, his reaction is so true. Yeah. Like, it's just so spot on. Yeah. Hey, Zach. Yes. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. So now that you've been on my podcast, I was wondering, like, if you were an advertiser, you would definitely want me to do ad reads for you, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Because I don't have any sponsors yet, Mm -hmm. but, like, I really want to put it out there. Like, Chloe Rodriguez is a sellout. She can do some great <laughs> ad reads. Uh-huh. Um, and I like to practice so that, you know, I can I can build up that portfolio sure. when potential sponsors come up to me. Absolutely. It's vital. Um, so just give me anything that you might want me to do an ad read for, any kind of brand, uh, uh, item, anything that your little heart might okay. desire, and I'll, I'll do that right here, right now. I've got one. Okay. It's dear and dear to my heart. Um, I Adult diapers, I think, I would love to hear. Oh, okay. This is interesting. An adult diaper ad read? Yeah. Perfect. <clears throat> As I've gotten older, I've not only gotten wiser, I've gotten wiser about the products that I use. Mm-hmm. You see, when you're like me at the ripe old age of 45, you start to lose uh, some of your... Some of your skills, some of your sharpness, some of your, (laughs) dare I say it, ability to maintain your urine. That's why I use adult diapers. Now, I know what you're thinking. (laughs) I don't need those things. I'm still young. I'm still hip. Honey, it's time to look in the mirror. You need adult diapers. And not just any adult diapers. You need little rascals Diapers for the hip young thang in you. <laughs> Little Rascal's adult diapers for the hip young thang in you, patent pending, are the hippest adult diaper on the market. They come in so many crazy cool designs. This one looks like uh, this one looks like the top half of a denim jean. 
That's always fun. Look, this one has my favorite cartoon character on it. Garfield, I hate Mondays too. <laughs> Little Rascal's adult diapers for the hip young thing in you not only come in a variety of styles, they are also the, the thinnest diaper on the market. So you can wear them discreetly without alerting anybody to your <laughs> little sacred. So uh, go online today. Go to adultdiapersforthehipyoungthanginyou.com and pick out a, a, a special pack. We got variety packs. We got his and hers. You can even get them embroidered with your own, your own little initials on there if you want to get extra classy. Maybe you're hosting a dinner party. I don't know. Little Rascal's Adult Diapers for the Hip Young Thang in You. They're the only adult. They're only, <laughs> don't look at me like that. They're the only adult diapers for people ages 35 to 55 who still want to keep it fresh. <laughs> oh, you almost made me break that <laughs> Did you enjoy that? Oh, yes. I got like a flashback to sixth grade. <laughs> when you, did you use adult diapers? No, no. Just to you being a dork. Aw, <laughs> memories. You knew, you knew in sixth grade you were like, that girl's going to host a podcast. She's going to host a podcast and she's going to need to improv some ads. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Uh, oh god I think we need to move on a little bit because yeah. we've talked about this era for so much right what do you think about the concept of breaking yeah uh, I remember when I was well when when we were younger I thought it was hilarious yeah. right but now I'm like mm, well like Fallon right yes who would break all the time that's why I bring this up right <laughs> I didn't think it was funny to watch him break or yeah. like when he would like break and then look at the camera and stuff mm -hmm. like that no no not fun i think um i think the concept of breaking is like it's funny when it's genuine yeah and when it doesn't happen all the time because i feel like i mean personally i i don't really like jimmy fallon now but i don't dislike him on snl he's good at impressions i think he was good on that show right he wasn't like the best but he was fine I would fucking hate him if I was, tr if I continuously was on that show with him and kept trying to do my fucking sketches and he was in the corner like making it all about him yeah. and like breaking all the time. Yeah. And like the thing is, I don't think he was doing it in like a disingenuous way. I think he genuinely was breaking all those times. <laughs> But I would have been like, dude. Well, then he fucking, can't keep it together. I'd be like, you get know? your shit together. Yeah. Like, why are you on this show if you can't do a show live? Like, right. I don't. That's the whole point of the show. Right. If you can't get your shit together to do it live, don't be on it. Like, yeah. I'd be so mad. I think I think the difference between like a break that I'll be like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll give it to him. Like that was funny. It's like if they're trying, you know, like they're yeah. trying to keep it in and they just can't anymore, and then yeah. they break fine. But that dude would like. Any little thing that he would break, I yeah. swear. I think it's only interesting when uh, it doesn't happen all the time. And right. when it, like, you can tell it's genuine. Did you see the recent sketch that they did where A.D. Bryant, uh, who I love. I think I think A.D. Bryant is on her way to being like an SNL, like one of the greatest oh, yeah. cast members oh, who's yeah. ever been on the show. Oh. I, I will go to bat for A.D. Bryant. I fucking love her. I think she's underestimated. She is. Absolutely. I love that she's like finally, she has a show on Hulu now. Like I feel like she's finally like breaking out. Yeah. Um. Anyway, there was this sketch that they did recently 
where they were doing like flashbacks. So they would do like, it was like a news show. So it was like her and then like a round table of people and they were doing like a present day thing. And then they would flashback to previous episodes of them doing it. Um, and it was like in real time. So they would play like a little clip package and then they'd cut back and they'd all have a wardrobe change yeah. and it would be like a flashback. So there was a part where uh, her, the, her wardrobe person ran in thinking that they, they had cut away uh, and that it was this, the clip show part. But Aidy Bryant was just like still live on the air speaking. And then her dresser just comes in and starts changing oh her. Oh my God. And, and she was like, no, get out of here. And then they, <laughs> they cut back and A.D. Bryant is fucking like losing it, breaking. <laughs> because that would happen on live television. Yeah. And like that is a pro- like that's an appropriate time right. to break because like you're a human being and that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And like the sketch wasn't really that good without that, so it kind right. of saved the whole fucking yeah. thing. No, uh, I haven't seen that. The, well, the one I think of breaking too, where I'm like, oh, this is hilarious that they broke, <laughs> is when Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig did the. Uh, it was some game show and they were Rhonda and Vonda. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? I don't. Oh, Lord. And they were like foreign and they were like, uh, something, something from Chicken Man, right? And they were <laughs> Klockenfrau and all of that. Their accents were so ridiculous that they were like making each other break. That That's when I think of where I'm like, okay, yeah, that's funny. That <laughs> <laughs> so let's look at a few different eras of the show. I don't know how familiar you're going to familiar you're going to be with all of them. But I'll start at the very beginning. We'll uh-huh. start at the uh, the original 1975 cast. They called themselves the Not Ready for Primetime Players. Oh, Lord. It was Lorraine Newman, John Belushi, Jane Curtin, Gilda Radner, uh-huh. Dan Aykroyd, Garrett Morris, who's the only person I don't recognize out of that list, uh-huh. and Chevy Chase. Oh, of course. <laughs> how, so how familiar are you with uh, that era? Not very, aside from uh-huh. Gilda Radner and uh, Belushi mm-hmm. and Chevy Chase, obviously. <laughs> but I don't know that I've even seen like a lot of stuff from then. So I went back and I watched some sketches. Uh-huh. And I have to say, this is widely considered to be like the best era of the show because it was like the original era. Right. However... Me, as, like, a 24-year-old born, like, 20 years after the show even premiered. Right. To me, like, the style, like, styles of humor have evolved and changed so much. Right. That a lot of those sketches are too slow for me. Sure. Or they're not, like, I think the problem with sketch comedy, or just comedy in general, is that, you know, when something is first done, it's, like, it blows people's minds. Right. And it's like incredible and no one can believe that it happened. But then that kind of thing takes over so much that by the time you get to when we were born, like 20 years later, and we're watching one of these sketches, we're like, oh, that's like, we've seen something like that. Like that's been done before. Like we're not perfected in a sense. Yeah, it's not like mind blowing because we've seen so many iterations of it. Right. Right. Um, So that's not to shit on this era of the show. (laughs) Right. That's where Coneheads came from. Coneheads, right. Um, that I have seen. Okay, yes. a, They did a point counterpoint, which I think was a great fixture of Weekend Update, uh-huh. um, which was Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin. And they would uh, basically like argue over like pressing like ethical topics. But then they just kept getting progressively like ruder to each other. Yeah. That's where you get uh, 
Um, Jane, you ignorant slut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that was good. I mean, it was overall just revolutionary, um, right. but I'm not super familiar with it. Uh-huh. Then there was the Eddie Murphy era, where yeah. <laughs> I can't name a single other person on that show, nope. aside from Eddie Murphy. I do have him on my list of one of the greatest cast members of all time. Sure. Because I feel like he kind of saved that show. There was a there was a rocky point in SNL's history where Lauren Michaels left and uh-huh. he wasn't producing the show anymore and other people took it over. He was like working on other projects. I don't know what the fuck he thought he was doing, but he <laughs> left. And the show almost got canceled. And during that time was basically like Eddie Murphy was the only person keeping that show afloat. Mm-hmm. And that's when he was doing uh, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, <laughs> yeah. uh, Gumby, Buckwheat. Oh, yeah. Um, but I can't name like anyone else from that era. Right, right. He, I think there was even a time where like the host dropped out or something and then he hosted. Oh, Lord. While he was <laughs> like, while he was a cast member, they were just like, I guess put him on camera. Uh-huh. I would have been so resentful if I was a cast member in that era. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it was basically, it was basically like his show. Right. I just look at this list of like people who I have. I think Chris Farley is one <laughs> sure. of the all-time best cast members. I think um, Phil Hartman mm-hmm. is maybe the best, like male, one of the best male cast members they've had. I don't want to go too into um, into Phil Hartman because I've actually planned a whole separate episode about him. Oh um, yes, okay. I have a whole episode about Phil Hartman coming out soon, and it's not necessarily about him on SNL. I'm going to be talking about a documentary that I, I watched about him. So I'll save some of that. Sure. But there's many reasons why I feel like Phil Hartman was like an anomaly and just like, I, like essentially a person who was built for sketch comedy uh-huh. in a way that I haven't seen from other people. But I'll get into that in that episode. The late, I think that might have been like the late 80s and then going into the 90s. Yeah. I, they kind of all overlapped at one point. Right. This is like my personal favorite era of the show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and we got to talk about Dana Carvey. Yeah. Who's... Church lady. Oh right? my God. <laughs> so I said that Bill Hader was definitely in like the top five uh, of like every cast member from SNL. I think Dana Carvey's in there too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because he just, his characters were just like, mm-hmm. and that was a period of time too when like all of them, they were really devoted to making like a full on character, yeah. you know? And he mm-hmm. was killer at that. Church Lady is amazing. He, she is uh, listed in, in one of my sketches as like one of my all time favorite recurring sketches. Mm-hmm. Isn't that special? Isn't that special? Satan! <laughs> Satan! <laughs> yeah. I just watched the one that he did with uh, Rob Lowe where the church lady is like spanking Rob Lowe for, what? Like, for like making his sex tape. Oh lord. But then like she's also like kind of into it. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Dana Carvey is another one of those people who's just made for sketch. Oh absolutely. Like, his impressions, even when his impressions aren't good, they're still entertaining. Right. He's so out there that, I don't know, it's, it's so hard to explain exactly what he has. He's just, like, electric to watch him, yeah. you know? Because he, he gives fully to all of it, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, 
the voice, the faces, the... Yeah, his impressions, some of them are like his bush, you know, <laughs> which he was known for, right? His, yeah. His Papa Bush, right? Yeah, um, Papa Bush. It was okay, I thought, but like... But still He was committed to it, right? And it was entertaining, absolutely. It's obviously one of the best. Um, and I want to talk about a sketch during that era that I just watched, and it's one of my favorite sketches that I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Um, this was an Adam Sandler sketch, uh-huh. which I'm not even the biggest Adam Sandler fan. Right. But he did this sketch called The Denise Show, and no one talks about this sketch. Yeah. It was a talk show that Adam Sandler was hosting, mm-hmm. and the whole concept is that uh, the show is hosted by a guy who just got dumped by his girlfriend five weeks ago. <laughs> uh-huh. so, so the whole concept is like, this is the Denise show, the show where we talk about my breakup with Denise. <laughs> and like all of his guests are like, he's like, okay, this is the, <laughs> he invites someone on who's like, this is my best bro. And like his, his friend comes and sits down and he's like, bro, what happened? I don't know, man. She just like said she couldn't do it. Oh, that sucks, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that was my guest. And, like, oh my and, and then he's like, this is the part of the show where I call Denise and hang up as soon as she answers. Oh and then Lord. he like calls her. And, like, <laughs> and it's just this guy like sadly like processing his whole yeah. breakup with Denise. You, It's so funny. And I couldn't like, I couldn't believe that I hadn't heard of it before. No, I'd never heard of that. It's a really, really <laughs> funny sketch. I think uh, you guys should definitely check it out if you haven't. Mm seen that one before one of the ones that i i still don't know how i feel about it is mm-hmm. the whole npr stuff do you know what i'm talking about when anna gastier oh, yes. was on yes and the one that everyone always knows is like the sweaty balls one yes when alec baldwin was the host who was her co-host was that sherry it was, it was molly shannon I think. oh molly shannon yeah i don't know if i like it or not like <laughs> The sweaty balls one is funny because it's like mm-hmm. the punny humor because it's supposed to be yeah. naughty. But like the rest of it, I thought was kind of ho hum, you know. <laughs> well, let's talk about that era. So that is like the late '90s, like the '90s, um, and I think there was a little bit of overlap with the early 2000s, but the most part it was the '90s. Yeah. Um, and. There's a lot of good people on. I really like Anna Gasteyer. I love her. I think she's very underrated. Yeah. Um, sweaty balls. Let's see. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a recurring sketch. They did that a few times. Yeah. You know, like they had John Goodman on and they did one about like barbecuing. And it was like, I don't know if it was just like niche humor and NPR was really popular at the time so they were making fun of it or was what the, was the whole point because i've only seen the sweaty balls one was the whole point that like they would have people on and it would sound like uh what they were saying was dirty but they were like doing it very straight was that what the point was i, I guess but like the john goodman one wasn't like naughty like that at all it was just like dry like that's my description of it just so dry you mm-hmm. know like I just regard it as a ho-hum one, you know? <laughs> Here's someone that we haven't mentioned at all, who we really need to talk about, Will Ferrell. Oh, yes. I cannot <laughs> believe we've made it this far. Without we are an discussing... hour into this, and we have not talked about Will Ferrell. Oh, Lord. Um, so Will Ferrell came about in the late 90s era as well. Right. And, and like, a little bit of the early 2000s. And when he w- was on, he was the guy. Oh, like, yeah. It was like the Will Ferrell era. Yes. And um, 
that's something that happens a lot with certain breakout stars from Saturday Night Live, like Kristen Wiig, where they get used so often that people almost start to hate them because they're just sick of seeing them. Right, right. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of felt that way about Will Ferrell. And uh, people felt that way about Kristen Wiig a little bit towards her end of the run. Yeah. What's interesting to me, though, is like he continued on after to have like mm-hmm. a, well, successful career. I mean, <laughs> I would say it's successful. People either love his movies or they hate them. Yeah. But he made a ton of money doing them money. and did a ton of them. And she didn't really, you know... That's true. What happened with Kristen Wiig? I have no clue. I, I don't love even know her. what she's doing at She's this super point. talented. She was doing movies for a little while and then... Uh... She did. But Will Ferrell, right? Back to him. He, yeah, was killer at that time. Mm-hmm. The more cowbell sketch, right? Which is <laughs> I gotta have more cowbell. <laughs> and him and... He and uh, Anna did The Culps. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where he would like... Oh, when they play piano? Yes. That one I, I'm not as big of a fan of. No, really? I know, I know. I know it's regarded as being one of like the best. Cause same with the Spartan cheerleaders. Yeah. I yeah. know that they're considered to... I, there's certain sketches of SNL where I'm like, yeah, I get it. They're supposed to be the right. best. But I just don't like... They move so slow to me. Yeah. And that's how I feel about both of those recurring sketches. Yeah. That's how I feel, too, about, like, a lot of the, like, you know, the cold opens always used to be, like, politically skewed, and they still are to this day. But I feel like a lot of the political ones at that time are not funny to me. Yeah. And I don't know, like, like, one of the big things about SNL is because it's live, they get to talk about current issues, right? That's part of what makes the show what it is. And I don't know if it's because, like, I didn't... I don't remember those time periods or I wasn't born yet yeah. or what, but like a lot of that didn't age well, I feel. Well, I, I think that's an interesting point to bring up because when we're looking through these sketches that we've mentioned so far, not a lot of them have been that political. Right. And Saturday Night Live is such a political show. I mean, people oh, yeah. people criticize it in present day era for being too political and it is. Right. Everything is about politics now which is kind of to the show's detriment, but it still has always been a political show. They've yeah. still always skewered the news and stuff like that. I mean, particularly with Weekend Update, which we're about to get to. But I think uh, I think the difference, or I think the detriment of that is that it ages the show in a way. It does. It dates it, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely dates it. So when you're going back, you're not going to be like, oh, Man, I I can't wait to watch that Bob Dole sketch that I've <laughs> right. seen twenty times. Right, like, right. like I could watch David S. Pumpkins <laughs> like fucking twelve times. Right, but I'm not gonna be like, oh, I can't wait to watch that sketch about Wolf Blitzer. Well, that's like a good point too, because one of the things that I remember being so like we all loved it when it happened was when. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler would do um, Sarah Palin and yes. Hillary Clinton, right? And at the time, I remember busting up over that. And then I went back and found some of it recently. Uh-huh. And I didn't think it was that funny. I was <laughs> like, oh, maybe this was like an in-the-moment thing, you know? I will, I will agree with that, except for there was one sketch that, just as a writer, I think is just, I admire the way it's written. It's the one, I think it was like the first one they did together where they were like at the podium. Yeah. And Amy Poehler's like super pregnant. She's like hiding behind the little uh-huh. podium. Yeah, yeah. It's still funny to me just because I think it's very well written and their performances are so good in it. Oh, yeah. But all the other like political sketches of that time, not like. 
yeah. super into. Ho-hum. Yeah. I do think, though, like, when they do political satire, like, I understand why people would get upset at it, but mm-hmm. I feel like they do a pretty good job at taking shots at both sides. Like, they, I felt, like, sometimes mercilessly picked on Hillary Clinton, <laughs> you know, especially now that they have Kate McKinnon, right, mm-hmm. who would destroy her sometimes, you know? Well, I would say that I feel like they used to be better at showing both sides, and I think that they don't do that as much now, purely because... There's so much. Yeah. Purely <laughs> because it's oversaturated. Yeah. And since it's oversaturated and because we have a Republican president and because everything is such a hot button issue at the moment. Right. I think because they've oversaturated it, it makes it hard to kind of play both sides. Sure. Because things are so polarized at the moment. Sure. That no matter what, it seems like you're really taking a stance. Yeah. Um, That's fair. I think we should talk about Weekend Update then, since we're going to talk about the, yes. the political humor. Weekend Update has always been my favorite part oh, yeah. of Saturday Night Live. Weekend Update is the part where, you know, they do get to be topical. I, I feel like it's really where they were supposed to be topical. And when, it, when the show originated, when I look at those first few years... They kind of saved the politics for Weekend Update. Sure. Whereas now it's kind of seeped into all of the show. Yeah. Um, who is your favorite Weekend Update host? Oh, Lord. This is very hard to pick. Um, well, I Seth Myers, I love. <laughs> um, Tina Fey and Seth Myers. I really liked mm-hmm. the two of them together. I think they had a good rapport. And I actually... <sighs> Do you mean Polar and, and Seth Myers? Because Tina Fey... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amy Poehler did it with Seth Meyers. Yes, that's Tina Fey did it with Jimmy Fallon. No, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. But I actually... I don't mind the current two. Mm -hmm. Colin and... uh, Michael Che. Michael Che. Yeah. Although I know that he, like, gets some hot... Gets into hot water sometimes. Oh, yeah. Okay, I want to talk about that. Go for it. Let's go through these update hosts. Rip the bandit off. So, I didn't write down all of the weekend update hosts... But I wrote down the ones that I felt really stood out mm-hmm. that people remember. So the first person is obviously Chevy Chase. He yes. invented Weekend Update. Uh, he had a writing partner. Can't remember who they were off the top of my head. But it's mainly credited to Chevy Chase. Um, I gotta say that I don't like Chevy Chase. Just <laughs> as a blanket statement. Uh-huh. Don't like him. Think he's kind of terrible. Um, <laughs> like as a whole. Well, as a person, definitely. I just watched an interview. This is... I'm sorry to go on a tirade about Chevy Chase. I apologize. (laughs) I just watched an interview with Chevy Chase where he was like, the show hasn't been funny since season... After season two. Which was when he left. When he left? Oh, of course. He was like... He was talking about like, well, you know, I don't know why people are saying my career is over. Like, I could be on a show. I could be in a movie. Like, I'm still talented, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bitch... You had the chance. You had community and you <laughs> fucked it up by being an asshole to everybody. Yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> nope. So that's Chevy Chase. Also, he's like really old now. <laughs> <laughs> and even if he's not really old in numbers, he looks Well, it. here's my Man. thing. I'm like, there's plenty of people who have like, they've left SNL and they have like continued on and they're still relevant. Yeah. Why don't you think about why you're not Chevy? <laughs> 
They're just funnier people. And yeah. nicer people, too. The, the thing about him is, like, he's he's one of those people who, like, can't accept that there are people who are funnier than him. Yeah. I think that's really the... I think that's yeah. really the thing that makes him so terrible. Superiority complex. Yes, because he's, like... Because he is funny. He's funny. He's talented. He yeah. was good enough to be an originator on SNL. He came up with Weekend Update. He had it fucking made... If he wasn't so obsessed with, like, being the fucking funniest and the mm-hmm. fact that, like, he's so insecure that no one can be funnier than yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> Weekend update. <laughs> so we're going to skip skip very far ahead because after that there were a lot of Weekend Update hosts that I don't think really stayed, like, yeah. in the zeitgeist that much. Right. We got to talk about Norm MacDonald. Okay. Dude, are you familiar with Norm Macdonald? I am, I am. I fucking love Norm Macdonald. I love him so much. Uh, <laughs> I like. I love him now as a stand-up when he's not uh-huh. doing Weekend Update. I loved him when he was the host. I don't think he was the best Weekend Update host in history. Yeah. But I just love him. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Norm Macdonald? I, I think he's... Okay. <laughs> He's not a huge standout to me. He's fun when he comes in and does like mm-hmm. stuff here or there. <laughs> he did a he did a cameo on um wh- Oh no, no, no. It was when they would do the Jeopardy when Will Ferrell oh, yeah. was on and uh It was Burt Reynolds. Yeah, and he would always go in as Burt Reynolds. Yeah, I thought he was funny in that. Yeah. Um I don't think he was the best person to ever be on SNL. I don't know if it's really his format. I think he right. works better standalone as himself doing stand-up. Sure. Um, I did like that he was willing to, like, he was willing to be edgy and take risks. A lot of people hated him for that when yeah. he was on Weekend Update. He basically got fired for it, mm-hmm. for telling too many O.J. Simpson jokes <laughs> and just, like... Oh, well. Being overbearing, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, no. Poor O.J. Simpson. Uh, like they never crossed the line before. <laughs> um, but I loved that he just... I guess what I admire is that he has the integrity to be like, fuck it, I'm just going to keep doing it. I know you You guys might hate it. I know I'm getting in trouble for this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep doing the shit that I think is funny. Yeah. I, I admire that. Kudos for that. Uh, Colin Quinn, he was also a host of Weekend Update. I remember him being good, but I don't remember anything standout that he did. No. Um, and then we get into the the Jimmy Fallon, Tina Fey oh, Fallon. era. Yeah, yeah. Which was good. <laughs> we gotta talk about Tina Fey and Amy Poehler yes. together. Two women. I know. Which was wonderful. At the helm. Um, I mean, what is there to say? Everyone loves Amy Poehler and Tina Fey together. Power couple. They're <laughs> amazing. Everyone likes to see them together. Oh, yeah. Magic. Then we move into my personal favorite combo, Amy Poehler and Seth Meyers. Yeah. I think this one was my favorite iteration just because... So like you were saying, I think Seth Meyers might be like the qu- like the quintessential Weekend Update host. Mm-hmm. I think he might be the best. And I just love Amy Poehler so much. And I... While I love Seth Meyers by himself, I just like Weekend Update as a whole when there's two people to play off each other. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I just think like pairing Seth Meyers, who's basically like, like amazing at it, uh-huh. with Amy Poehler, who has such a great personality, 
So fucking funny. Yeah. They had great like chemistry together. Yes, absolutely. I just think that's a great combo. Oh yeah. And then I think when it got to the point where he was doing it on his own, it was still for the same reasons. Like when they would have guests on, he was really good at supporting them and had a good back and forth with them. Yeah. I yeah. I loved him in that. And, <laughs> and Amy great too. Absolutely. Do you, do you think like your affinity for him as weekend update host? Do you think it's just because of like the era that we grew up in or like what is it that you think stands out? I think it I think it could be that. I, I think it's that and a combination of like those are the topics. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the topics that we grew up with and that we understood well. Yeah. Um, but I think the the like guests that they would have at the time were really fun too. Yeah. Like a drunk uncle, right? Yes, Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> Bobby Moynihan as drunk uncle and all of those kinds of things were like, those were really fun at the time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, I think he just has a great personality for Weekend Update host because I think he's very good at letting people with characters come on and shine. Yeah, absolutely. And he doesn't try to like detract from it. I think he knows very well like when to jump in yeah. and when to not. Right. Um, and that brings us to our current era. Mm-hmm. After after Seth Meyers, they kind of went through like a few different people. Um, Jost and Che, they're very controversial, so I think we should talk about they it. They are. They are. <laughs> and I personally don't really have an issue with them. I don't either, <laughs> to be honest. They get a lot of hate and... Um, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't know every, like, if there's, like, some huge controversy that happened, I missed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. Because generally what I get is that they kind of just, like, people don't like that they kind of tend to be more edgy. I feel like they try to be edgy. At least Michael Che does. Oh, yeah. And um, I think that's what people don't like. From what I've gathered, they just don't seem to be politically aligned with a lot of people or people don't see them as being politically aligned enough or or people are mad because they're not pc enough i don't really know what it is a lot of people hate on kyle on colin jost specifically oh see i've heard more about about michael che oh really colin jost i mean i've heard about both i heard well what i heard about michael che was that like he's too woke you Mm -hmm. know and he like he's not afraid to like take a shot at some of the things that are going on yeah you know but it's like that's the environment we live in right yeah now. and that's what but that and that's also what that segment has always been you yeah. know it's like we're providing commentary on the things that are happening in politics and society right now mm-hmm. and if those are the things that are happening you know yeah. why why should you stay away from certain things i don't think you should and yeah. they don't you know he definitely like he makes a lot of jokes that I think are considered to be edgy now. Sure. But I don't think would have been considered edgy like 10 years ago. Right. It's 2020 now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I personally wouldn't say I have like a problem with him. I I don't think he's like the best anchor they've ever had. Right. Um, and I also think it's a different thing than we've ever seen. This is the first time we've ever had two guys hosting uh-huh. uh michael che is the first uh african-american host i believe 
for Weekend Update? Unless, yeah, I think so. Unless there's someone who was in between the eras that we talked about who did it for a hot minute that I'm missing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. Um, but what I really think, like, I enjoy about it is the relationship between him and Colin. Yeah, absolutely. I love that they they do this this thing every so often where... I don't know if you've ever seen these, but they have this bit where they will, like, swap jokes. Uh-huh. So they'll be like, okay, for Christmas, like, Colin wrote uh, Michael Che jokes, and Michael yes. wrote jokes yeah, for Colin, uh-huh. and they ha- neither of them have seen any of these jokes before airing, and the whole premise is just them trying to give each other the worst jokes to yeah. make people upset at each other. And Michael Che actually does that a lot with Colin Jost. If you've ever seen his social media, he'll like post uh he'll post these like fake stories about Colin like saying racist things to him oh and my stuff. God. Like they have this running bit where he'll be like, "Oh, Colin called me like X Y and Z and said like this about black people and did oh like Lord. all of this." But it's a joke, but a lot of people take it seriously. Right. I wonder if that's why well, that's funny. You're like, hmm. Maybe. I mean, but to me, it's an obvious joke. Because, right. like, why would he be posting those things right. Right. if he was genuinely offended? And, and continue to and show up for work. And if these things actually happened, um, maybe right. that's why there's so much controversy hmm. about them. Maybe um, we found it. A lot of people hate on them. Personally, I don't mind them. I don't think they're the best iteration we've ever gotten. I think they're fun. They're fun to see interact with each other. And that's what makes that particular iteration of Weekend Update. Because I have to say, I don't know that... Like, they compared to, like, Seth, right? I don't feel like they do the best at interacting with whatever guests that they have on at the moment, you know? And, and it's not like insanely character-driven weekend update at the moment, I don't think. Yeah. But they're fun to watch the two of them together, you know, joking oh, around. Yeah. All right, so let's bring this to a close okay. by just uh, naming off some random sketches. Okay. If there's any sketches you feel you've left out that you want to touch on. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of it right now. The one... It, it wasn't a live sketch. It was one of their like pre-recorded ones. Yeah. But when Pee Wee Herman's on and they have a night out and they they punch Anderson Cooper. <laughs> what? <laughs> you haven't seen that? No. Oh my god! Yeah, He'll, he went up to Anderson Cooper. And was like, "Here's a headliner," and socked him right in the face. <laughs> I forget what the whole thing was, but that killer. Um, what else did I? Let's see what else I had listed. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, we haven't touched on the digital shorts too much. Right. Digital shorts were great. I loved that um, Andy Samberg kind of brought that with him. I love oh, the yeah. the Lonely Island. The personally. Lonely Island, right? Um, Dick in a Box. Yes, Dick in a Box <laughs> is amazing. That was one of my all time faves. Um, Shy Ronnie. Right? Shy Ronnie. I love those. I feel like I'm forgetting some, but I'm glad you brought up Dick in a Box because I I love that one. Oh yes. Oh. Here's some sketches that you and I must talk about. So, what I love about A.D. Bryant and Kate McKinnon together uh-huh. is that you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, is that you can tell that these are former high school theater people. <laughs> yes, and since you and I are former high school theater people, we I cannot believe we waited this long to bring it up. Right. My favorite recurring sketch that they have ever done on Saturday Night Live. 
are the high school theater the, sketches. Yes. The ones Ugh. where it's like a black, like just <laughs> like a, a black box. Yeah, black box theater. And they're like, we are presenting a series of scenes written by us, the students. And it's all about how like, the, like high school theater students are like, so woke. Oh, they and take every, themselves so seriously. Yeah, they take themselves seriously and everything is a social cause and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they set up these shows where they're like trying to make political commentary, but they're so bad at it. Oh, and yeah. all the parents are like, what? <laughs> Why are they trying to do this? And I think they've done like four or five of these. Yeah, they've done a few of them. For sure. Oh my God. And they're great. Well, it's funny too, because like, yes, they did those when we were in high school. Yes. And we laughed at them then. And I always felt like, that's not us, you know? <laughs> but then I look back at, like, some of the stuff we did. Like, the one like we bang, did. Bang, your day. Yeah, the ah! one we did about um, school, school shootings. shootings. And it's like, we oh, We did a Lord. show about school shooting. Uh, to be fair, we did not write that one. It was no. a pre-existing no. play. Right. <laughs> but, oh, and I feel like we have known a lot of people who oh, yeah. greatly relate to this. Oh, yeah. So there is, uh, uh, just, like, off the top of my head, some of my favorite quotes like, we go to Sea World, but we don't see the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the one where it's like, um, oh, fuck. There's so many good ones. Oh, when they were like, <laughs> they're like each getting shot down one by one. Like every person on the stage is white. And then one by one, they're like, don't shoot, don't shoot. And they all die. And then they stand up and they go, by the way, we were black. <laughs> and Keenan Thompson is in the audience reacting and he's like, what? Why did they choose to do that if none of them were black? Why are they making commentary about this? And then there's a great example of Keenan Thompson being the best reactor. They like build all the boxes those like signature the, black boxes, the actors the, cubes. Every we call them. like literally every high school theater has like at least six like black painted black plain cubes. Yeah, it's like a twelve by twelve. Yes, right? that they use for every set, which they nailed that. Right. And then they stack them up in a pyramid, and then he's like, "What? Why did they use all those boxes if they weren't gonna do anything with them? No, they're just moving them back." Oh yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend those. Um, the, oh, there was a recent one where Will Ferrell hosted. Have you seen the casting call sketch? This was one that was, yeah. it was cut for time. You can only find it on YouTube because uh -huh. it didn't make air. It's all about like this director of like the high school theater department. He's posting the cast list uh -huh. and the whole, the whole sketch is just him like making them suffer. So like, <laughs> so like all the kids are like waiting outside the the teacher's uh, office, uh -huh. and they're like all talking about like I I really hope we get cast and blah blah blah, and it's all the stereotypes where it's like the one like the techie who like doesn't give a shit, the one girl who like never gets cast, uh -huh. the one straight guy in the department, <laughs> the uh -huh. one guy who like gets every lead who mm -hmm. he has like a scarf and he's like the dancer or whatever <laughs> yeah and they're all like having a discussion where like this is like life or death for them will ferrell just plays this theater director who is like loves torturing them he's like watching them outside of his like <laughs> his like door and he comes out and he's like posting a list and being very like theatrical with it i'll have to show it to you oh, that one makes me yeah. laugh and then i i sent it to you yesterday but i'm you've seen it before the one with the uh they're Choir, the choir teachers, the dress, the dresses, the like yes, apparel. They're talking about uh, how every choir <laughs> choir outfit is like atrocious. So Kate McKinnon and Edie Bryant 
<laughs> killed me the first time i saw that i like i died laughing Ugh. oh lord those are great i love that they brought that they did a crucible cast party one they did it was when, like a digital short yeah right? when, when lin-manuel miranda hosted <laughs> yeah. and they're talking about how like cast parties were like the shit like everyone was like just getting blackout drunk and yeah. like hooking up and stuff <laughs> Which I had been to a cast party at our school that was like that, though I left because I was outraged that there was alcohol. <laughs> I'd never been to one that was like that. <laughs> I, I had, there was one year, I don't remember what show this was, where our theater department decided to like, we're going to have an actual party for the cast party. And I went, I guess you didn't go, and people were like drinking not. and stuff. And I literally like left in a huff with my friends and we were like, <laughs> We are not going to participate in this <laughs> blasphemous behavior. And then we went to Denny's and oh, then we Lord. went home. Well, we were good church children <laughs> we <were>. back then. <laughs> um, um, is there any other person who you like really feel like we need to touch on? No, no. We pretty much ran through a ton yeah. of it. I'm trying to see if there's any other. I do want to. I do want to give a shout out to. Uh, Jane Curtin and Gilda Radner. Yeah. Because we didn't talk as much about the original cast, but I feel like the women were like stronger than the men even. Yeah. In the the first uh, era. Uh, well, Maya Rudolph, I feel like we didn't talk a lot about. Yeah, that's but true. Maya Rudolph, she's good. She was great. Uh, Jan Hooks. Yeah. She was always paired with Phil Hartman. She was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the great thing about Saturday Night Live, the reason that we have so much material to cover. I mean, aside from the fact that it's been so long, right. is I think that the the reason that the show still has like stood the test of time is they go through so many new people, and it's not only about like the sketch comedy mm-hmm. and just like finding sketches that appeal to that like say something about the political climate or just like the social issues of the time. Right. It's also really interesting to see like a whole new generation of comedians come in. Right. And really watching them hone their craft. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to where this new era is going to go because a lot of people have left recently. Yeah. I think it's it's going to be really cool to see like who the new like really strong people are. Right. I think um Mikey Day mm-hmm. is getting pretty big like he's someone who's really good. Heidi Gardner. Yeah. She's like in her second year. She's like killing it. Yeah. They just hired um Chloe Fineman and uh Bowen Yang. Yeah. I love Bowen Yang uh-huh. especially. He's been really good. Um and those people are all relatively new. Kyle Mooney's still on, right? Yeah. Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett, I keep thinking that they're new. They've been there since, like, 2013, though. I know. Well, you know what? Like, I actually stopped <laughs> watching the show for a while, like, right when right uh-huh. when those people got on, because they were fairly green, you know? Yeah. And at first, I was like, oh, no, this is taking a dive. <laughs> but, like, I, I just started watching again, like, a couple years ago. Yeah. And they are. They're thriving now. You're absolutely yeah. right. Like, they're learning their craft. They're getting mm-hmm. better. Um, and they're growing. It's fun yeah. to watch again for me in particular. It's very interesting because I think it's it's easy to separate into eras by like standout people mm-hmm. who were cast in it. And I think um, what happens is you'll get like a standout era. You have like your set people that are super big. They're like the old pros. Right. And then there's always a period of time for a few years when all those people leave where it's kind of in like an upheaval. 
Yeah. And they're trying to find their footing. And then eventually they reach the cast that's like, it's great casting. Like, there are some standouts, but then there are some new people. But the new people are still, like, going in, like, full force. Yeah. And I think we're entering that era again. I think so, too. I think we're entering, like, a new era for SNL, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. The 20s. Right. Ah. The 20s. So I can't wait to see where that goes. And then um, I'll have to have you on again in 10 years to reflect on this past era. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I'm so excited that you decided to be on. Before we leave, I should give you a chance because, I mean, we touched about how we met. We're right. We're childhood friends. Right. Um, but you've been doing a lot of stuff in theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So after we graduated, we went our separate ways and you went and got your degree in screenwriting right yes Yes, and I got mine in theater and now I'm back in the Orange County area I'm adjunct faculty at our former high school yeah Um, and I coach acting privately and I do college consulting so I help high school juniors and seniors and their families plan to get into college Mm -hmm. so that's a majority of the work that I do now Mm -hmm. and I love doing it that's awesome I wish and I'm sure you feel the way, same way. I wish that I had had someone like that when, oh, yeah. when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I do. Um, and you can find me on collegetheateraudition.com. Yeah. Reach out to me there and we'll set something Everyone up. Everyone hire Zach immediately. <laughs> Go, run out. What was that website again? Collegetheateraudition.com. Noise. Yes. Yeah. I think that's great because... The way that people get into college is so different now. Oh, yeah. Um, And I think it would have been great when we were younger to have someone who had just gone through it. Right. Who was young and in their 20s and knew, like, how the new system was. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would have been helpful as opposed to, you know, maybe some school counselors who hadn't been to college in, like, 20 years. And everything's changed and they as much as they've tried to keep up, might not know exactly how. Right. Well, I think, you know, we were always told, like, (laughs) well, I can speak for myself. I didn't have the hottest grades when I was in high school, right? And I was always told, like, well, you don't have high enough grades to go to good schools. But now that I'm older and I'm doing this work, yeah. That's not true. At least at least when you're wanting to go into theater performing arts or something. Yeah. It's about your skills right it's about the audition and how well you present yourself and if i had known that then yeah right i think i would have had the courage to go out and do it differently and who knows where i would be oh yeah yeah yay well you guys should definitely look into that i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna scour the internet for old photos of us to post (laughs) on on the instagram for this podcast at Unwatchable with Chloe Rodriguez. So you guys can take a little trip down memory lane with us. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I will see you next week on another episode of Unwatchable. Thanks so much for coming on, Zach. Thank you. Thank you.